He's our striker. He's our number nine, scoring goals in the blue and white. Here on the Owls AmeriCast, Jeffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and I was getting ready to host the show tonight, waiting for Patty to get off work and think about what I was going to make. Went to the grocery store earlier to pick up a few things so the kid doesn't have her berries in the morning. It's a horror show. Didn't really like the beer selection there. Don't have a ton of beer in the house under like 12% right now. Was just going to make a Manhattan probably. And then I was flipping through a little cocktail Rolodex. And I found a thematically appropriate bourbon cocktail. It's from a uh, family of drinks, cocktails, uh, variations on the theme, known as the Corpse Reviver. This is Corpse Reviver number eight. It swaps in uh, bourbon and sweet vermouth for the traditional gin and Bianca vermouth, along with orange curacao and lemon juice. It's a little closer to an actual paper plane to me than a Corpse Reviver. But uh, much like Wednesday season, it is it has been revived. Joining me to discuss the week in Wednesday, it'll be a, it'll be an intimate twosome tonight. Patty Jones, Patty, what are you drinking? Hey Jeff, how are you doing? Um, very intimate, and, and I've literally been working nonstops uh, even through the game today. And even though I had a few uh, whiskeys during the game to calm some nerves, <laughs> I've reverted to water because I need to work after this probably as well so i need to sober up so i'm on water for the first time in a long time on the podcast i will just point out that patty was giving me i mentioned at the end of the game that i hadn't had anything to drink and i needed to rectify that and patty's like jeffrey we're podcasting <laughs> don't start so early like patty you've been posting all your drinks i didn't mean that. i didn't mean like that i went game. jeffrey you need to drink oh okay <laughs> i misinterpreted sorry but we will interpret the last two Wednesday fixtures against Wickham and Fleetwood. We'll cover the Wednesday news and we will preview the curtain closer this week against Poppy for pretty much everything. We will start with the games that were a very, very frustrating 1-0 loss to Wickham. We'll start with the thumbs up. Patty, your thumbs up. It was the uh, the first half. It was a good even game. It was. I really enjoyed it. Even I was, I kind of enjoyed it as a neutral as well. Um, I know it's frustrating um, not getting the goal uh, in the first half, but it was a good back and forth. It was a good li- uh, League One first half. Um, I thought that um, Fizz looked sharp. I thought that Mendes Lang looked sharp. We had a very good ten minutes where we were pressing them very well at the beginning. The disallowed goal, uh, which Berahino got body slammed for, but apparently that was a foul against us. <laughs> oh, it was Berahino, was it? Was it Dunkley? Dunkley. Body slam. Yeah, yeah Dunkley the body slam. Body slam. There's uh, also that, that penalty sh- shout that was a little bit later. Yeah, it's it just, early second half, I think. But I think it was. Yeah, the first half, I just thought we looked so much better. We were playing really well. Uh, the other thing that let us down uh, slightly, which I'll go into later, is the kind of corners a little bit. I thought Hutchinson did great at the back. He was like uh, uh, defending really well. Dunkley was winning all the headers. He got Sam Vokes in his pocket for most of the game. <laughs> and I will say most of the game with a big <laughs> asterisk. Um, the only person I thought looked um, dangerous from the Wickham side was the McCleary guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he looked uh, a, bit, a bit of class. But um, yes, sadly, uh, that wasn't to uh, play out for the rest of the game. But fair play, good start, first half. Uh, and I thought we were in for a good, good game. 
My thumbs up is the uh, continued maturation of Fasayo Deli Bashiro in the center, in the, in the in the midfield. You know, we've seen what he's capable of as a as a prospect, I guess, more than as a really clear force within the squad. But really, since he came back in against MK Dons, like he's he's looked really pretty much indefensible at times. Like they cannot handle his his size and his. Uh, ability to turn on the ball really in this league like his ability to just sort of get the ball and go reminded me sort of like early season of Denneran where you just cannot get the ball off him basically he's too physically strong to be muscled off it he's getting much better with the ball at his feet he's picking passes faster but also just bulldozing defenses when needed to just not necessarily looking to outlet it to the wing just run it as as far and as hard as he can and he really, uh, you know, he gave MK Dons a lot of trouble, obviously. I thought he gave Wickham a lot of trouble, especially in the first half. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes from here. Um, and if he can take another step forward, if he can take a step up with the team, if that comes to pass. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I think he's going to force some interesting conversations about the midfield next season. Definitely. And he's, um, he's only going to get better, right? Um, like he's not the youngest of young players. He's still, he's on that edge where he should be starting playing, playing performances mm. like as regularly now. Um, but uh, good signs from Fizz. But he had a bit of a, a lull before he got injured. Uh, and maybe that was uh, a reason why he wasn't playing so well. He had been playing with injury. But yeah, I'm glad he's finishing the season in the high and people are talking highly of him because I think he's going to be a, a good player for us. And hopefully he can uh, be a consistent player too. Not consistent. The Sheffield Wednesday team. So that brings us to our thumbs down. Patty's is crossing corners and not a good game from Marvin Johnson. Yeah, I'm going to start with the corners part of it because I had a note in the second half which just said 11 corners, all shit. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> because the, they, um, had, they certainly had opportunities to to get you know to get an early goal, even uh, not including the disallowed one. And to get an equalizer, they they had they had I shouldn't say they had like clear cut chances, but they had a lot of set like set piece opportunities from corners and stuff like that, and just were not able to even threaten to convert. No, there's, I think the crossing was off all game, and you know what? I think um, uh, today's game against Fleetwood and uh, the Wickham, Marvin Johnson hasn't been his usual uh, quality best. He just he's done a, a couple of good crosses, but majority of them have usually been great all season. But uh, this last was two the games... worst possible pitch to get a good game out of Marvin Johnson today. To be fair. <laughs> Right, but still, I feel like on, on Wickham's game, he looked a little disinterested, and certainly mm. towards like the end of the game, he looked tired. Yeah, and it was on ninety minutes. I mean, I he's noticed, been playing a lot, obviously. Yeah, it was ninety minutes. Notice the way he just looked so tired. He's, he's fouled the guy on, uh, on, the, on the left side of the field. He just kind of summed his game up for him. He looked frustrated. He looked mm-hmm. um, a little disinterested, uh, and he said a bad game. So look, everyone has them. I'm just yeah. um, saying that uh, that didn't help us with the with the deliveries. On, uh, on Saturday. Another thing which helps with deliveries is no Jack Hunt. Uh, without him on that right-hand side, and look, Mendes Lang is a good player, but he's not one of those that's going to cross first time. He's not going to um, look to do a deep ball to the back post. He's going to look to take them on. And uh, it just wasn't working out for us. Um, right, especially, right I side. think, especially after Wednesday went down a goal, though really even before that, they were clearly playing a very low block. And... Mendes Lang is very good at running to the byline and playing those short, low crosses. But when you've got so many people behind the ball and crowding the 18-yard box, it's going to be impossible. They're going to cut it out. It's going to find a 
a foot or a leg of a defender. Like it's very, very difficult to pick a ball like that, you know, through the yeah. legs. You, you have to be able to go sort of like over the top as, as Hunt can. And I thought Wickham did a good job defending. They, well. did. they, they, they had a young centre-half called Chris Farino who really stood out. Apparently he had 16 matches professionally and last mm-hmm. year as a university. I was listening to the Wickham uh, commentary and they were raving about him. And he, he did a great job uh, marking Berahino out, marking Gregory out. Uh, a quick word on Berahino, actually, well, I thought uh, at another poor game uh, on Saturday, he's just not where you need to be so often, right? He's either arriving late, which makes his shots go off, which you saw against... Um, crew was it week four mm-hmm. uh, and then on Saturday he just wasn't really anywhere in the game um, it's nice touches here and there work rate's not bad but just you need him in that eight, eight that six yard box and the 18 yeah. yard box on the end of crosses and he just wasn't anywhere near him and Gregory was winning headers and flick on and just I mean that both the strikers were pretty isolated uh, for large portions of the game but you still do want the you know they never really have quite like they seem like they should be the best strike force pairing but they've never quite developed that kind of relationship you want your two up front to have yet and some of that's they just haven't probably played enough together but it certainly didn't come off the way you would have hoped on saturday my thumbs down is we can't break down league one teams because wednesday cannot break down league one teams um i was thinking about it, like they can't break i mean we saw this against fleetwood for a good while as well we've seen it against a lot of the, the lower side tables this is a promotion or a playoff chasing team hypothetically but they didn't in all honesty look that much better than some of the bottom half of the table teams that Wednesday have had trouble with on the road as well so I didn't like and just they were or and then there's all this usual shithousery the time wasting the diving the leaning and again it's like we've seen the last month or so like referees at this level are just not going to call things they will allow you to not call anything on guys going down in the box unless it's literally on a Wednesday player. <laughs> um, they're not going to call, you know, leaning on strikers on long balls. Like, it's going to be a very physical game. And it is not the kind of, like, look, you can play like Wednesday plays and have a lot of success in this league. But you also have to be able to break down these kind of teams and, like, physically impose your will on the game. And they're not really capable of doing that. Uh, no, they're not. And they'll once they get down a goal, the other teams are so good at time wasting. And kind of another thing that refs don't seem to pay yeah. attention to is time wasting this league. So, yes, we've had a lot of injury time over the last um, few games, but it's nowhere near enough because even in injury time, they're holding <laughs> right. onto the ball for minutes and taking like throwing is driving wild. Taking like three minutes to throw throw a ball and you just like everyone just leaves it. Before next person to come along it's, just, oh, it's so obvious and the refs do nothing about it um uh, yeah it was just look they slightly deserved it in the second half Wickham to, to win that game and we did nothing that second half so we might have taken the first half but second half on, on, on balance they were by far the better, better team and they took their chance um uh Vokes finally won a header uh it fell to Horgan and rolled it over to a beater um it wasn't good defending again um yeah. And uh, look, we've seen it time and time again where these bad teams don't look like they can string four passes together, but then they'll score on the first chance, the second chance. It's infuriating where it takes us 20 chances to score a goal. It takes everyone else two chances. And we need to be more clinical. Um, and I was saying in the WhatsApp group earlier on, if we don't go up this year, we need to change our style of play to be more like everyone else in League One. We need to be less about possession, just all about direct counterattacking football. 
Let's be a shit house team too. I'd rather win games one nil, two nil without all this drama. <laughs> yeah. But there will be more drama to come as we head to Fleetwood Town earlier today. Ah, uh, I think the the mood in the WhatsApp group around the sixty seventh minute or so was not great. <laughs> Suicidal. <laughs> but. <laughs> All's well that ends well, and it ended well because of Paddy's thumbs up, Lee Gregory. What a player! Yeah. I mean, uh, we've been the fans have been. I'm, I, I'm going to give the fans an assist for all of this yeah. over the last few games. They really ramped up his song, which is basically what they chant for 90 minutes now, from uh, from start to finish, and it, it hit off from the start with the, the instant kind of control and three minutes on his chest. Nice ball from a nice early ball from Hunt, which you mentioned uh, in the yesterday and in the. In Wickham's game didn't happen. Early ball from Hunt, chest down from Greg. Just the strength of the guy um, to turn past him and then just finish in. Uh, in the yeah, that's corner. a tough finish with the defender all over him and the keeper, and he, he just poked it like it was nothing. It's a very very classy finish from that spot. Didn't try to go down and get a penalty that he was not going to get because it's League One. <laughs> uh, even though he was probably being fouled for most of that move, but uh, yeah. And then and the, I was the kind of listening to the opposition commentary. I actually prefer it nowadays because you get quite a lot of insight on the uh, opposition team. Mm. Uh, you don't necessarily get um, through the home commentary as much as I like Robin and John. Uh, but they were saying it's rare for a, a team to come to Fleetwood and bully their centre halves like Patterson and Gregory did for that yeah. first like uh, half an hour, five minutes. And uh, it just shows the, the reason for picking those two up front. They were kind of the battering rams. Yeah. Uh, and it worked. Well, and like just the second goal, well, it was a bit, a little bit shambolic at the back from Fleetwood. If you see Gregory gets absolutely taken out when he's putting the header in, just absolutely plowed through the back, but still, uh, still stands in there and finishes it. And the third goal was just class. I mean, there's nothing like good pressure again, there wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, just uh, got a pressure. little, little bit of a heavy touch off the, the kickoff, and Gregory was right there, clean through. Yeah, and good finish from that, like to just. Didn't even just rolled it into the bottom corner and picked a spot. Yeah, look, let's, let's, let's rewind a little bit. The timing of that second goal uh, after going uh, uh, two one down mm-hmm. and everyone pretty much just in a malaise. You need someone of that stature. Yeah. Uh, we, we've had players like Forestieri, like New You in the past that's come clutch for us. Gary Hooper, Stephen Fletcher. You need players the caliber of Lee Gregory to lift you up sometimes on the shoulders and carry you over the line. And that's exactly what Lee Gregory did today. That's what Hooper, uh, I mean, like Hooper's a good example of that for the Cardiff game that clinched Wednesday's uh, playoff spot. Yeah. If you've got players like that, that step up in those, those clutch moments, you, you, you get a little bit of a boost going into the playoffs because if you, if you scrape a two, two and he just gets two goals, it's still a good performance, but it's, it's just a draw against Fleetwood, isn't it? That t- 90 seconds, whatever it was between goals, I mean, look, you've got you've got match winners out there now. We didn't mm-hmm. play as best, uh, but everyone's going to get buzzed from that. Uh, and it's just, it's you can't give him enough plaudits for the way he carried us today. Maybe a little bit overlooked. Who's among... your thumbs up then? If you have Pickley, Gre- yeah. Gregory. Yeah, uh, maybe a little yeah. overlooked among Gregory's performance. Um, I thought Massimo Luongo had a great game. Um, you know, even beyond the, you know, that was not an easy little clipped in cross from that spot. Because he had to get it through some traffic and to put it right to Gregory, but I just thought he was again doing the the dirty work in midfield. Uh, some brave headers with some high boots in there, 
just breaking up play, chasing down balls. I thought as they were killing the game off, he made several great uh, tackles and little runs just uh, to keep possession and just another great Massimo Luongo performance. He's like probably, I mean, he's not going to win player of the year for a variety of reasons. He you know, missed large chunks of the season as he is wont to do, but I think he's the most important player to the way Wednesday want to play by far. Yeah. You're right, and uh, you saw the difference in Bannon today compared to Saturday with Baez and Luongo mm-hmm. behind him is night and day. Um, look, you can say that Fizz is, is, is a great individual player, but it doesn't seem to have the same effect on Bannon's play when he's in the team. Yeah. That three of Bannon, Baez, and Luongo is unbeatable. It'll, it'd be it'd be a great midfield three in the championship if we were to ever get there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and the difference in Bannon with those two behind him is just night and day, and Luongo takes a massive uh, slice of that prize. All right, thumbs down, Patty. Jordan's story. Yeah, I've singled story out, and uh, it's not just based on today's performance. I, I think he's been um, living a bit of a charmed life for the past few games, and look, he had a lot of good uh, praise for him in the first, I'd say, what, 10, 15 games with an unbeaten run when he first joined. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was attributed to him joining and showing up the back three. Um, but certainly he's not been as steady uh, in this past month uh, of play. And clearly uh, it was him that was dallying on the ball with a poor touch that yeah. um, gave away the first goal. Um, I mean, to be it, fair, he's had a lot. They've really rotated the center backs around him for the last month. You know, he's moved from sometimes he's playing in the center, sometimes he's playing on the. Uh, on the right or the left. Um. Yeah. Uh, it's, look, I'm not, like, so, so it's a bad few weeks for him. Um, I don't think he's a bad player. I think I should still, we should keep him if we can, or we should try and get mm-hmm. him back next, next year. Um, but uh, it's it's not a good game for him today. I mean, what, one thing also about that goal that he messed up on, Hutch does brilliantly to kind of block <laughs> the square pass, yeah, yeah. like a last minute thing. And it just unfortunately it falls to a Fleetwood player. Do you think, even uh, on the, I was thinking about this, do you think I maybe he I think he does see it late. Do you think Peacock Farrell has to do better there? I'm gonna blame Story for that too. Story runs in front of him, yeah. should have got a block on it, and it kind of goes underneath Story and Peacock Farrell. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I can't have helped his vision. Right. Um but no, I think it's more Story's fault. Um both giving the ball away and then kind of goes underneath him, doesn't it? Um not good. Not good at all. My thumbs down is we can't break down bad League One teams. <laughs> yeah, like that same as last time. It, but yeah, it's just uh, look. The pitch was abject. I don't know if they had like were taking like a rototiller to it over the weekend in preparation of Wednesday coming in. I'm sure that was miserable. You can see like the touches, especially from uh, Bannon and Johnson, were not great, and it was you know bobbling away from them. You can't really do the passing, you know, the quick passing out to the wings that they like to do, and. Fleetwood, really? I mean, especially after the... Actually, I mean, to be fair, they played a little bit after the equalizer for a little bit, but they settled in shortly after that into the same way every bottom half of the table team plays against Wednesday, home or away at this point, and they still don't really have a a good answer for it. Um, Now, I don't think that's going to be an issue moving forward. I do not expect Portsmouth to set up that way on the weekend for a variety of reasons. Um, but I also, uh, by the same token, you know, their teams are going to set up like this in the playoffs. 
if they get ahead or if they want to play tight at Hillsborough. And, and they're going to probably be able to execute at least as well as, I mean, they, they might literally be playing Wickham again. And we've seen that what Wickham can do. So they're going to have to figure something out. I really don't know what the answer is. I didn't actually like a lot of the subs, in all honesty. Um, Mendes Lang did pretty good. Mendes Lang did very well when he came on, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't like taking Gregory off because I think you need the hold-up play, although it didn't really end up mattering. I thought bringing Dunkley on was fine because he can certainly, and like, he did win a lot of headers at the back. He's very good at like climbing on the back of the center forward. He's not like super tall, but he's very good at climbing on the back of the center forward and not getting a foul called against him. So, But they're going to figure out ways to, to break down teams, I think, even in the in the playoffs and they don't really have it outside of you know the occasional moment of brilliance i don't know if you can necessarily bank on that well that's what i was saying about gregory maybe you have to bank on those big players with mm-hmm. their moments of brilliance like today and Ballin has in the past too um we just need more of them right we need more of those players so mendes lang was kind of he came out of a couple of few games where he was one of those players we, we need either to keep passing the baton for every game through to the playoffs where someone steps up and does yeah. it the world the does a hat trick or takes five people and scores a goal. Uh, it, that needs to continue. Uh, they need to keep um, stepping up. Well, one more, one more comment on that uh, pitch. I'm not sure. Like, it, was, it looked green. It looked really green. I thought, oh, it mm-hmm. looks great. But it, just, it was like craters of the moon almost. Yeah. I can just spray painted it green. just rocks, basically. There's a full-on like Caddyshack gopher <laughs> hole down by the, uh, the corner flag. Did you see that? So last last of this, uh, weirdly, did you see that defender throw up in that sixty minutes? Like their defender Toto no, and Siali, you were just puking up into the back of the goal. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. <laughs> like if you can't beat this team, oh, and yeah, though... okay. I thought I saw something. I was uh, done with a kid at that point, but I did see like I didn't have like my headphones on, but I did see something. I saw him like drinking water. I thought oh, that's like a weird little delay, but I just thought they were somebody was down injured or something. I think they're sending a broke corner kick or something, but or goal kick. It went, it went behind the goal, and just yeah. threw up a bit. <laughs> like yeah, the weather was like it's getting warmer there, I assume. Oh, it's been damp, cold, and obnoxious here. All right, those are match day forty-four and forty-five in the books. Take a break. Come back for the Wednesday news and head to one last fixture, one last chance for glory, one last, please just get three points so we don't have to have a very miserable podcast next week. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. There's some EFL awards. Uh, Barry Bannon, unsurprisingly, wins EFL goal of the season for his world against MK Dons, but comes in second to uh, Justin Twine of MK Dons. And like, eh, if you look at his, outside of the two great goals scored against Wednesday, if you look at his uh, goal creation and goal scoring this year for Dons, I don't think you can argue all that strongly against it. No, uh, Scott Twine's been fantastic for MK Dons. Uh, Michael Smith was the other nominee out of the three. Mm. Um, so uh, fair play to Scott Twine. Bannon, I'll take happily the goal of the season. I think that was clearly the <laughs> best goal of the season. Uh, he's also in the team of the season, Bannon, too. Mm. I don't know if you saw that. Um, we've only got one person in the uh, team of the season. A little surprising to me, but I guess uh, 
Byers probably didn't really play enough. You know, Marvin Johnson's playing out of position a lot. I don't know if there's like an obvious, you know, Luongo missed a lot of time. I think most of the important players for for Wednesday this year. I BPF up there as a contention. BPF yeah, maybe, but um, they've got yes. the Plymouth keeper. I think Cooper's the uh, Plymouth keeper in mm-hmm. the, the team of the season. And up front, you've got Michael Smith, obviously, and Ross Stewart, some of which I have no complaints about. That's got loads yeah. of goals. Uh, no, yeah, I wasn't really, I didn't know much about Barlacer for Brotherham, but I know McLean and Burns, Snipswich, uh, have had good seasons. And then the defence, Darling from MK Dons, who we played against a few times, he's yeah. been pretty good. Uh, Brotherham had two people in there, and I can't even pronounce his second name, Ye- Yequi, Yequi, and Watmo from uh, Wigan, uh, as the, the three, three of the back. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that I know at least most of that uh, team is <laughs> yeah. probably should be there. <laughs> thereabouts. <laughs> I'm not a massive uh, uh, Wigan uh, follower or uh, Rotherham follower, but yeah. On the injury front, Josh Windass back in the squad, as we saw today. But Dominic RF out for a month. Frustrating, isn't it? It is. Very frustrating. Um, they, have enough, they have enough center back depth at this point that it's probably fine, but yeah. But can I just, we're getting towards the end of the season now, and with these amount of injuries we've had, we've had pretty much our best centre-half and our best striker. If you said at the beginning of the season, out for most of the season. So Windass and I are out for best, for best of that season. So when we talked at the beginning of the season about getting cover, mm-hmm. I think we've had, I think we've done a good job at getting cover in, uh, knowing that we would probably have 10 people injured uh, from the first team throughout the season. Yeah. And that's been the case. We've had at least like, like, 10 of the first team or 10 uh, periphery players out injured for most of the season. And we've pretty much weathered the storm with most of the uh, squad we've had. Have they been adequate replacements always? Not really, no. But I mean, we haven't slipped down too far out of the league because of it. I mean, on one level, it is kind of uh, impressive that they've hung around given the injury issues, but also I think we're just so used to the injury issues that it just gets baked into... uh... But how often in the past have we been down to our 123s or the really shit players yeah. in the squad for, for weeks and months on end? Because uh, we have to have enough uh, cover. The fair play to the chairman and more for getting so many people in and yeah. over the summer. Uh, who of a, of a relatively decent quality in the end. They weren't as good as the first team, but then that's why you have a first team and a second team. As we head into the Portsmouth game, this weekend, it is a sellout. Probably unsurprising. Yeah, I, I, like, I like the fact that they say, they say it's a sellout, but um, there's the restricted, or slightly restricted view seats, they call them, not restricted <laughs> view seats. <laughs> now, I've been in slightly restricted view seats in the, in the cult before. I've basically yeah. behind a pole, I think. So yeah. if it's those seats, then they're slightly more than slightly. Um, but uh, single seats and slightly restricted view seats left. So uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere on Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's a shame it's so early over here in the US uh, for us, um, but I'm sure the noise from the cop uh, will wake us up. So let's turn our attention to Portsmouth. Uh, ninth place, uh, 19, 13, and 12. Uh, Justin notes game versus Wigan tonight, so we can update that to uh, 20, 13, and 12. After coming from behind... Uh, 2-0 at Wigan, so maybe maybe not quite on the beach as we would have hoped. Their waveform is mid-table. They are fifth in the current form table once they are third. Their last game was uh, 0-0 at Fratton Park. That was one that uh, Luongo got uh, sent off at. 
They are Portsmouth in Hampshire, the dead south of England, the most densely populated city in the UK, the only English city on an island. Uh, what is it? We are an island people was like the Portsmouth chant, as I recall. The world's greatest naval port, major port town since Roman times, a heavily fortified city. Of course, their nickname is Pompey, and Justin has conveniently <laughs> given a, it's what they, the, that's also the nickname of the city. He has given a list of potential reasons. No one, I, I don't think there, anyone actually knows the actual reason, but here are some theories. Uh, Bombay was part of the wedding gift of Catherine of Braganza to Charles II. The Portuguese seamen saw a resemblance between the two ports and may have called Portsmouth Bombia, which to English ears sounds like Pompey, apparently. That's tenuous. Next one. Dame Agnes Weston <laughs> was describing the murder of the Roman general Pompey at a lecture to a naval audience. A member of the audience exclaimed, poor old Pompey, and that phrase stuck. Yeah, I love that. Now, we have, I think... This might be my leader in the clubhouse. A drunkard slurred pronunciation of Portsmouth Point, where there are many <laughs> taverns popular with sailors. Seems credible. Ships entering Portsmouth Harbor make an entry in the ship's log, Palm P, as a reference to Portsmouth Point. This being too long. Navigational charts also use this abbreviation. La Pompey was a captured French ship moored in Portsmouth and used for accommodation, uh, captured in 1793 and broken up in 1817. There's a Yorkshire term, Pompey, for a prison or house of correction. Did you know that, Patty? No, I did not. I think that's a little lie. Volunteer firemen in the 18th century known as Pompiers exercised on South Sea Common. Eh, I don't really like that one. <laughs> it's better than the first one. In 1781, some Portsmouth sailors climbed Pompey's Pillar and aired Alexandria and became known as the Pompey Boys. Uh, that makes sense. I like that one. The pomp and ceremonies connected with the Royal Navy at Portsmouth led to the adoption of the nickname Pompey. Bullshit. Bullshit. I do think there's like, like, there's like nine different ways this could be the nickname. But maybe they just saw all of them and thought it was a sign to be called Pompey. No. <laughs> Until the drunken guy went, ah, Pompey. <laughs> Uh, they were formed April 5th, 1898. They had salmon kits early on, leading to a secondary nickname of shrimps. So the second time we'll face the shrimps this year, I suppose, or the fourth, technically. Elected to the Football League in 1920, one of five clubs who have won all four divisions. They won the top flight in 1949 and 50, won the FA Cup in 1939, and of course, very famously, in 2008. And they were the, as Harry Redknapp, if I recall correctly. Premier League as late as 2010, went into administration, booted down the league. They have the South Coast Derby with Southampton. The current chairman is Michael Eisner, who Justin notes, uh, he has once pooped in his bathroom overlooking Central Park. He also used his bathroom <laughs> phone, although not while pooping. I don't know the story there. Justin's not on the show. so maybe This we'll is the research it. we pay Justin for. Yes. By the way, on the derby with Southampton, there's a great Copa 90 uh, uh, YouTube documentary about that derby it's a, uh, it's a very hotly contested derby certainly yeah and it's fantastic i love that copa 90 derby series they do uh search for it it's good stuff and they of course do play at fratton park only place they've ever played with uh 26 20, 20 000 on the 17.5 right now due to construction all right the team they of course managed by danny cowley 
They play a 3-4-3, although they can go to more of a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-4-2 as needed. Possession, short passes, etc. They play a lot like Wednesday. They like to press. They like to attack down uh, down the right through uh, Romeo, Tuncliffe, and Curtis. Uh, you know, Curtis is, you know, he can play as a forward or as a winger. Eight goals, eight assists. Good all-around player. Uh, George Hurst had, I guess, 10 goals coming in today's game. He scored two more. So he's he's bagged 12 goals for them this year. Maybe something to uh, to watch out for at the weekend as, you know, Wednesday fans tend to be a little more fatalistic. I don't know if we have George Hurst in the in the pool for late. Uh, they must have all come relatively recently too, right? Yeah, he didn't have a lot of... I don't think he was really playing a ton in the squad the first half of the season. No, he must have happened in the last like half of the season, certainly. And if it does get a little bit hairy late on, you might see uh, Michael Jacob- Jacobs, who's their impact sub in the attacking midfield. He's uh, scored six goals and chipped in with four assists. So obviously going into this game, Wednesday sit fourth in the table, but yeah, they need to win. They need all three points here. They don't want to leave it to chance. Even a draw could allow Wickham to pip them if they can win by three goals against Burton. And I think all the teams behind Wednesday in the table are going to be firing for goal difference, given how how tight it is behind them. So they need to take care of business here. Jeff, what are the other uh, fixtures everyone else is doing? I'm just trying to look so it's MK Dons against Plymouth is a big one, but it's at Plymouth. Like I do not necessarily trust MK Dons to go there and get a result, even though they're obviously playing for autos. It's a tough place to go play. I would, Again, I would expect Wickham to beat Burton uh, pretty handily, and I believe Sunderland's at Morecambe, I think. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so that's a... So they've got the easiest of the games, I think, yeah. Sunderland. Um, that Plymouth MK Dons game is massive. I'd love to have that on the TV yeah. screen while I'm watching the um, Wednesday game. Uh, I think that's tough for both teams. It I is. think that might be a draw, yeah. uh, which is good to, Well, good for Plymouth. Morecambe is not completely safe yet. Um, you know, Gillingham and Fleetwood can still win at the weekend yeah. and yeah, pick yeah, them, them down for there. the last uh put them in the last relegation spot yeah so actually Plymouth can't yeah Plymouth can't have a draw can they they've got to go for a win too so MK Dons have to win and Plymouth have to win to uh yep. for both their purposes so oh that should be that should be a great game yeah I might watch that as bad the Wednesday game <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean you hope that Portsmouth are on the beach or well, they've you know they've won they're in four the, form, of the last five they're in very good form they're, they're, yeah they've um been killing it recently. It's not the uh, team I would want to play right now. No. Who would you um? Who would you start Saturday? I would basically start. Uh, I would swap in Dunkley for Palmer and shuffle the back three, um, and I would start Barahino in place of Patterson. Otherwise, the same squad. Interesting. I would uh, if Windass I'd start him over. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if I want to start with Windass if he can't give me at least like seventy-five minutes. Yeah, if we go two or three new goals up in the first That's 60 true. minutes, you take him off. Um, and then I would, I'd probably leave the defense as it is. And I'd definitely leave Hunt and um, Johnson as the wing backs and have Johnson's just yeah, back for games. I want a little more solidity at the back, I think. And I'm just fed up of chopping and changing. But if Harley Dean's available, maybe bring him in. Yeah. Oh, we don't, we'll see. I, can't, I don't really know. Um, yeah. I mean, George Hurst is tiny. We don't need a big guy up to market sure. him, do we? Uh, someone a bit more mobile, maybe like Hutchinson there, be good. All right, official prediction, Patty. My official prediction, I think it's going to be <laughs> two-one us. 
I'm going to go with an incredibly nervy and frustrating one now. Clean sheet. Mm. I think Hurst is going to get their goal early. Link. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. just to get his, his shackles oh, up. Oh, man. It's just, uh, it's never easy, is it? Simply not allowed. <sighs> Well, where are our meetups this week, Patty? Uh, we have uh, New Orleans, Finn mm. McCool's, uh, which is 6.30. So 6.30, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they said they're going to be there at Finn McCool's, which is great. Mm. We'll be at um, Football Factory uh, in New York, 7.30 hour time. Um, that's your lot. Unless we hear any more, keep tuned to uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook. Uh, if anyone's on the East Coast that can find a battle show that's on <laughs> iFollow at 7.30, I'm good luck with that. You've been listening to episode 177 of the Owls Americast. Find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are at Fellow Wednesdays, Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. And wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americast, we ask that you rate and review the show as helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Patty is on Twitter at New York Owls. Patty, how uh, how excited are you for one more seven thirty a.m. kickoff at the Football Factory? I don't think we've done many this season. No. Um, uh, League I think one only had like the Wigan game might have been early. I think that might have been the only one. Yeah, was that Sunday too, or was that Saturday? Might have been Sunday. Yeah, Rother- I mean, the first, the first a... Rotherham game get moved up to. They usually like to move that one up for. Possibly, yeah. It hasn't been a big draw in the League once, obviously. So it's, yeah. uh, I'm, not, I'm not expecting a huge crowd down there Saturday either. But if you are in town, uh, give us a shout. Uh, might be a, a sparse crowd. Yeah, yeah, the celebratory 9:30 Jaeger shot is always a, always a trip. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro, and win, lose, or draw, we will see you back here next week. <laughs>